How do you sort out the so-called jargon from real-world practices that work? Do the members of your organization find some business advice utterly confusing? Welcome to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. In this program, we set the record straight and in terms that people at any level of business and technology can understand. Now, here is your host, Sam Holzman. Welcome to this Enterprise Architecture demystification session. You're listening to Sam Holzman on the 2020s Enterprise. And today's episode is on the top 10 questions and answers to demystify enterprise architecture. And let me apologize up front here. There's actually going to be 12 questions and answers and not 10, but top 10 is kind of cool. So I want to still use that. And uh, we're going to start off with something that should be familiar to a lot of you in enterprise architecture. And that's the six fundamental questions you need to answer about anything. What, how, where, who, when, and why? What, how, where, who, when, and why? So we're going to start off with what is enterprise architecture? How long has enterprise been enterprise architecture been around? And uh, one of the things we all know is you can't believe everything on the Internet. As a matter of fact, uh, it's kind of getting less than 1% as far as I'm concerned. But enterprise architecture has been around for quite some time. How do you cost justify enterprise architecture? Where should enterprise architects and enterprise architecture reside in the organization? Who's the audience for enterprise architecture? When do I need enterprise architecture? Why should an organization do enterprise architecture? What's an enterprise architecture framework? What is an enterprise architecture methodology? Hint, they're different. What does enterprise architecture certification actually mean? Very, very, very important question. And with a bit of humor and a bit of seriousness, we're going to suggest to you that passing a multiple guess exam isn't what certification is about. What is the background required for a great enterprise architect? And finally, how do I get started? And as I mentioned, unfortunately, much confusion exists as to what enterprise architecture is. And in summary, we believe it's the enabler of business strategy, which is different than what we refer to as EITA, Enterprise Information Technology Architecture, which is focused on technology deployment. And we are really thrilled to find out that some of the analysis firms, analyst firms that you and probably your chief information officer and other people in your organization uh, use for advice are starting to talk about, because of the confusion out there, some of them call them business-driven enterprise architecture. Isn't that fascinating? To differentiate from technology-driven business uh, enterprise architecture. So we've got technology-driven enterprise architecture. We refer to that as EITA. We're not going to be talking about that. That is not what we believe EA is. And what's great, once again, is that the analysis firms out there that are advising your CIO and others in your organization are picking up on that same differentiation. We want to close with this area, with with this statement, I'm sorry. It's not one is right and one is wrong, but we can say they're different. So we're going to define enterprise architecture. It's explicitly representing an organization's desired state and as-is state, transforming the organization through a set of independent, non-redundant artifacts. 
mutually exclusive, collectively exhaustive. That's the what, how, where, who, when, and why. Those are called interrogatives. And as far as we know from the recorded history, the first person to try to put something down in writing, those are the six questions you need to ask about anything and understand. So we're going to suggest to you that those interrogatives are just as valid and are even more important with enterprises and business. From that, we're we're going to define how the artifacts interrelate with each other. For example, what processes do you need to support what goals? What data do you need to support what processes? What skills do you need to perform various processes? What events does the organization react to in order to perform processes to achieve the goals? Those are the essentially what we refer to as the implementation models, or some people call them relationship models. Where do we get this information from? The architecture elements is engineering. The implementation or relationship composites are manufacturing. Once again, historically, engineering and manufacturing throughout history, two disciplines very close together, we're going to need the same thing for our enterprise understanding. And from that, we're going to develop a set of prioritized, aligned initiatives and capabilities needed to meet the organization goals, communicating that understanding to stakeholders, very, very important. And that communication must occur nowadays in less than 90 seconds, and that is not a joke. Advance the organization from its as a state to the desired state. So let me repeat this. Enterprise architecture is explicitly representing an organization's desired state and as a state, transforming the organization through a set of independent, non-redundant artifacts, defining how these artifacts relate with each other, developing a set of prioritized, aligned initiatives and capabilities needed to meet the organizational goals, communicating that understanding to stakeholders, advancing the organization from its as a state to its desired state. Well, how long has this been around? Well, ladies and gentlemen, 1966 is when P. Dwayne Dewey Walker at IBM first recorded effort that we could find to try to understand an enterprise, a business within the technology area. And Dewey, in the early 70s, called this BSP, Business Systems Planning. And some very famous people that are in enterprise architecture right now were involved in those developments back then. So this has been around for quite some time. Why is that important to us? Quite simply, because if we don't study history, we're going to make the same mistakes over and over again. And we're seeing some of that, unfortunately, right now. We call enterprise architecture version 1.0 is what Dewey and his organization did at IBM. Version 2.0 is what we refer to as EITA. A lot of people think they're doing enterprise architecture, but they're doing technology planning. Once again, not a critique, a positioning. And now we're back to with people trying to recommit to the original understanding, which is the understanding of the enterprise, understanding of the business, the bridge between strategy and enablement. And that's how we look at the concepts that you and I are talking about here. So enterprise architecture 
to us, is the enabler of business strategy. How do you cost justify enterprise architecture? This is a little tricky. And the reason I say it's a little tricky is let's take a look for a moment at this concept of cost justification. It's kind of fuzzy. What do I mean by fuzzy? Let's say that you're an automobile manufacturer. How do you cost justify a new assembly plant for a few billion dollars? Well, it's not the assembly plant that we cost justify. It's based on the end product. Is the end product that we're producing better, faster, cheaper, et cetera, et cetera? So it's the whole life cycle from concept to customer. And now we put a new component in there and we look at the metrics, so to speak, prior to that change, let's say the new assembly plant, and then afterwards and see whether or not this new thing actually made a difference. That's really what we're talking about when we look at cost justification. And there are a whole slew of things that are possible when we actually look at this. We can understand the effects of the change as a state desired state. We can actually look at cost reduction if we change this particular action or process. Have we been able to react in the agile, flexible world out there faster so we were able to produce something at X days, weeks, months, or years, and now we can do it for something less than that? Are we able to allow the business to react to business changes in a more flexible, agile, and faster manner? Another measurement. Can we look at our existing base of applications and systems and through the eyes of architecture, rationalize that portfolio to today's needs? Are we using enterprise architecture for technology simplification? Can we look at the blueprints? That's really what an architecture is as a, as a uh, sort of like a, an analogy, a set of blueprints, and look at it and say, we can now simplify the technology through this architectural understanding. Do we have better access for knowledge? These are all cost justification, in quotes, areas with enterprise architecture. Can we manage the technology? What if we do this? What if we do this? What if analysis? Those types of things can be done with real enterprise architecture. We can look at enabling additional professionalization of the staff through techniques and processes and methods and practice, of course, to be able to understand the needs of the business better and transform that, translate that into technological requirements. Something a little scary, though, which I think is, is kind of good, but some people are uncomfortable, is we're going to decouple the knowledge from the individual. So we have a baseline for addressing and managing continuous change in this ever-changing digital world we're in. It is the baseline that we're talking about that. It's also a governance mechanism. What do I mean by that? You have critical assets that are being managed, and as those assets are being managed, we can go from the as-is state to the desired state in a logical and traceable manner. Traceability is very, very important. And of course, we can use this as the basis for education and the assessment of what we're doing. It's a baseline, once again, for education and assessment.
the phrase that's overused, but is very, very important. It's an alignment between the information technology and the business. And there's a lot of phrases that are being used, but it is alignment uh, of the business initiatives that we're doing. Some people say IT supports the business. Some people say IT is the business. You can debate these phrases all, you know, all day long. What we're looking at there is to make sure that the business goals are traceable to the technology activities that are going on. And conversely, when we have a mechanization of something, we can trace that back to the goals that are there. And finally, we can analyze the effects of change prior to make the change that's there. And that's referred to as what-if analysis or where used or looking at through the eyes of making sure that the changes that we are looking at do not have unintended consequences. Very, very, very important. Another question, where should the architecture practice reside in the organization? Now, if you define enterprise architecture as real enterprise architecture, using some, let's use the phrase business-driven enterprise architecture, not technology planning, ideally, ideally, it would be in the strategy office. But we have to remember, we're talking about where the skills are to do this. So I don't believe it's really, really vital for the, for the architect's not to be in the IT organization, but sometimes because we're looking at the difference between business-driven enterprise architecture and EITA, information technology architecture or planning, maybe you should sit in a different organization. But I want to stress here, this is a question that people bring up. I don't see it as critical that's there. So it's a direct line to the business, if I can use that phrase, this phrase, and a dotted line to the technology organization, if you can sort of picture um, that view. Now, if you define enterprise architecture as technology planning, and there's a lot of people out there uh, that have certification around certain frames of references loosely use that term. We'll get back to that in just a moment. If you're looking at planning technology, then most assuredly, these people should reside in the chief technology office or the chief information office, you know, that's out there. So coming full circle, if we look at this as the enabler of business strategy, the closer this organization is to the business slash strategists, the better off we are. Comma, however, where the talents lie to us is not as important as what they're actually doing. But that separation between the operational units and the business units provides a bit of leverage to make sure that the architects are carrying out their role to the guidance they're getting from the business. So you can sort of see those relationships that we're looking at. So we've covered a number of the topics in this first segment, and we're going to take just a quick break here, just a few minutes, and we'll continue on and talk about what, how, where, who, and, and why for enterprise architecture. 
This is Sam Holzman. We'll see you back here in just a few minutes. Is your organization in the Internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Are you stuck in your enterprise architecture practice with nothing but a bunch of static models and deliverables aimed at future technology development efforts rather than true business understanding? With the Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence four-day certification workshops, you will learn proven step-by-step enterprise architecture techniques to be used as the baseline for addressing continuous business and organizational change. For dates, locations, and more, Visit EACOE.org. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a Methodology of Business Understanding, Technology Planning, and Change, by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman, brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. Based on over 30 years of real-world experience, the Business Architecture Center of Excellence four-day certification workshops in business architecture will guide you beyond theory and into actual implementation. If you are looking to develop a baseline for business agility through goal-aligned, prioritized capabilities, we will help you get there. You will leave our workshop with real tools, processes, techniques, and most importantly, true hands-on business architecture project practice. For dates, locations, and more, visit BACOE.org. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to the 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back. This is Sam Holtzman, and the show you're listening to is the 2020s Enterprise. And today's topic is the top 10, actually 12, questions and answers to demystify enterprise architecture. In our first segment, We covered what is enterprise architecture, 
How long has enterprise architecture been around? How do you cost justify enterprise architecture? Where should enterprise architecture and the architects reside in an organization? And now we're going to continue on here with the who question. Who's the audience for enterprise architecture? If once again, we refer to enterprise architecture as business driven first, then it's really all the business components that make up the enterprise or business. That's the audience that's out there. Because we look at it again, using the phrase, it's the baseline for addressing and managing continuous change and the enabler of business strategy. Now, within that phrase, using the term enterprise, some people look at it and say, well, I've got to do the whole enterprise at once. Ideally, yes. And just with a bit of humor, when should enterprise architecture have been done in your organization? Well, actually, before the enterprise started. Well, that's the issue. <laughs> we have running enterprises. Just think about a 100-story building for, for a moment. When should the architecture for the building be done? Obviously, before any general contractor or any holes are dug in the ground. Well, of course, in our enterprises, we don't have that luxury. We have a running situation. So ideally, we'd like to look at the whole enterprise or the whole area that's there. More practically, in the enablement, what we look at is a portion of the enterprise and start doing architecture there. But we have to remember the concepts of, in the physical world, scrap and rework. So what do I mean by that? We have a beautifully architected and implemented kitchen and a beautifully architected and implemented dining room. And somebody says to us, oh, geez, sorry, I forgot to tell you we've got to get from the dining room to the living room and the living room to the dining room. You know what we're going to have? A little bit of scrap and rework to be able to do that. Well, we have to understand the same thing is true for enterprise understanding. If we're doing it piece by piece, there's going to be a little rework going on. Nothing wrong with that. We just have to recognize that as a cost. The second thing is, when we change the boundary conditions for this who is the enterprise architecture, the audience, we're going to have the concept of integration and interfacing pop up. Anything that was in the boundaries of the architecture will be and can be integrated. Anything outside of that boundary will be interfaced. Once again, not wrong or right, but different. That's the key thing we have to recognize. Let's go on to the when question. When do I need to do enterprise architecture? Oh boy. When you're looking at enterprise architecture, when does it come into play? Well, most of the time when something is very complex. And if we have something that's complex, we need a baseline for addressing change. And that's architecture. So anytime your organization has a change concept, in our opinion, because the enterprise is complex, we've got to make sure that we have close to zero as possible, what? Unintended consequences. 
this concept of tweaks and this concept of of all these phrases we use, bugs, um, you know, those types of things, version two, version three, version four of these things, we got to think about them. They're errors. Ladies and gentlemen, they're errors. All these terms are masking what's going on. And it's because we don't have an understanding of the baseline before we go in and change things. Again, let's, let's look in the mirror a little bit and, 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 and think about this. That's really what it's about. All these terms that we're using are really an underlying understanding of the lack of architecture. That's really where it comes from. So you need to do enterprise architecture if there is a need for business understanding, meaning I got to do enterprise architecture to analyze and minimize risk in your organization. I got to do enterprise architecture to develop reusable technology assets. We've been talking about reuse since the first day somebody wrote something down in a computer and we're still talking about it. Well, this is a way to do this. You need enterprise architecture to look at technology investments and their alignment with business and project initiatives. How are you going to do that? Enterprise architecture to understand the core competencies needed in your organization, what they are and what you need. The way to do this is enterprise architecture to identify business priorities. How are we going to do that? Enterprise architecture to understand the effect of change before a change is made. How are we going to do this? You know the answer. <laughs> enterprise architecture. So enterprise architecture is the baseline for addressing and managing change. Now, a rhetorical question. If it isn't that, what is it? Please don't fold your arms <laughs> and lean back in your chair, so to speak. If it isn't, what is it? I think guessing is going to get us into problems. Not to be nasty here, but if it isn't real enterprise architecture, not IT planning I'm talking about, but real enterprise architecture, what's the baseline? How are you going to address increased orders of magnitude and complexity and increase orders and magnitudes of change. Enterprise architecture. Now comes the why question. Why should I do this? Why should I do real enterprise architecture? The number one reason is to understand the business better. It's a communications mechanism, a tool between those enabling the technology that will help the business run better. Even without technology, enterprise architecture can help the business run better. And we have been talking to clients around the phrase BTPs rather than enterprise architects. And BTP stands for Business Technology Partner, a trusted advisor that understands enough about the business and the technology to allow and advise the business people on the possibilities that are out there and come up with a game plan, a blueprint that can be enabled by the general contractor, the IT people that are there. Another reason why? Reduce confusion. Oh, is that what you meant by? Oh, is that what you meant by? What we have to recognize is that you and I are human beings. I know that sounds silly. 
And we have capabilities and we have limitations. And I can assure you right now, I don't know all of you, of course, listening to this broadcast by any means, that you cannot understand 70 pages of text. I can guarantee it. Sam, you don't know us. I'm telling you right now, it's not possible as a human being to do this or even 17 pages of text. Yet we keep writing more and more and more pages and put them in this nice three ring binders with leather bound volumes and gold printing on them. And we wonder why we're having problems. Well, guess what? We can't understand those many pages. We need a different format. That's the purpose of enterprise architecture. And that's the purpose of the graphical representations. But I can assure you that one slide isn't going to do this. And if you look at something as simple as a house, you know that a house has a series of representations, not one. Why would we expect something as complex as an enterprise to have only one? Another why to better align resources and skills This is just human nature. A human being, a person in technology or business, doesn't know everything. There's going to be various people, just like in a house. You've got the plumbers, the electricians, the carpentry people, the masonry people, et cetera, et cetera. Same thing in the business, same thing in technology. So we can align resources and skills to make sure that we're making the optimal use of all the human and technology assets in the organization. And the other why to be as responsive as possible for the business and for the enterprise as the business changes. If that isn't enough reasons, we can continue. Managing complexity, managing change, discern, dis, excuse me, determining right sourcing options. Notice I didn't use the word outsourcing. We can use real enterprise architecture to determine what of the things in our enterprise are possible to be outsourced based on various criteria. And there's a lot of criteria, not just cost, expertise, or the concept of core capabilities, core capabilities, core competencies, whatever your phrase is of of interest there. And we can use enterprise architecture to understand those. We can look at Another why is governance. I hate that phrase, but we got to understand it. We can't go crazy on certain things there. We can use this as a mechanism for the governance of all the assets that are there. We can use this to support organizational change, yes. You can actually blueprint. You can study changes before the change is made in the human resources. So instead of using a scalpel, Excuse me, my apology. Instead of using a meat cleaver, we can use a scalpel. Sorry about that. In other words, we're going to fine-tune things because we know changes are going to happen. And so using these explicit representations for that is just, just tremendous. And, of course, cost reduction, reduce cost. Reduce cost through analysis. Why should you do enterprise architecture? What's some other reasoning? Developing strategic initiatives. So we can use these phrases to understand the business strategy and then map the business strategy into 
the technology, organizational change, business process changes we need in the organization. We can redesign the business model by looking at what-if types of analyses to determine how those are going to achieve the goals in the organization in possibly a more effective way. And unfortunately, as we've grown technology, I think the technologies have gotten very, very complex without a baseline for addressing and managing continuous change. And in a previous episode of the 2020s Enterprise, I talked about uncomfortable title. Get over it, the hackers have won. Well, what can we do about that with this concept of hacking? Well, we need a baseline to be able to do that. And part of that is due to the massive complexity that's out there in technology. So if we have a baseline for addressing technology complexity, mapping it to the architecture of the business, we may be able to reduce that complexity as we see it. And the final why, in our opinion, is what we call realizing the engineering design objectives. And these are phrases that we often see in the preface of a report. What are those phrases? Alignment, integration, interoperability, reusability, flexibility, reduced time to market. All of these phrases are actually, unfortunately, in most organizations, a bunch of platitudinal statements. Their desires, their wishes. Well, we're going to be have to turn those into real stuff. And the way we do that is through enterprise architecture, real enterprise architecture. Sorry to keep using that. What we're trying to do is to make sure people recognize it's not about IT planning. It's about a baseline that we build so we're able to analyze the effects of change to get alignment, to get integration, to get interoperability, to get user reusability, to increase flexibility, and finally reduce time to market. What would be the ideal situation? Mass customization of whatever we're providing in quantities of one. Wow. And just as a point of a note here, if you look at your smartphone where you have the ability to customize what you're seeing on an individual basis, once again, mass customization and quantities of one. Yes, there are limitations, but isn't that amazing? So we have evidence of that. So we've been chatting about the questions and answers to demystify enterprise architecture. We're going to take just a quick break here and come back with our last, last segment to complete our discussion about demystifying enterprise architecture and the 12 questions and answers that may do that for you. We'll see you just back here in just a few minutes. Based on over 30 years of real-world experience, the Business Architecture Center of Excellence four-day certification workshops in business architecture will guide you beyond theory and into actual implementation. If you are looking to develop a baseline for business agility through goal-aligned, prioritized capabilities, we will help you get there. 
you will leave our workshop with real tools, processes, techniques, and most importantly, true hands-on business architecture project practice. For dates, locations, and more, visit BACOE.org. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. Is your organization in the Internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Are you stuck in your enterprise architecture practice with nothing but a bunch of static models and deliverables aimed at future technology development efforts rather than true business understanding? With the Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence four-day certification workshops, you will learn proven step-by-step enterprise architecture techniques to be used as the baseline for addressing continuous business and organizational change. For dates, locations, and more, Visit EACOE.org. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to Sam at EACOE.org. That's Sam at EACOE.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back to the 2020s Enterprise. You're listening to this episode is the top 12 questions and answers to demystify enterprise architecture. And again, I'm Sam Holzman. And the first two segments, we covered a number of different reasons and some of the demystification elements. And I used the what, how, where, who, when, and why architectural elements that you and I need to do in an enterprise architecture to demystify enterprise architecture itself. And in the first two segments, we went over what actually is enterprise architecture. How long has enterprise architecture been around? By the way, 1966. How do you cost justify enterprise architecture? 
what should an enterprise, where should the enterprise architects and the enterprise architecture reside in an organization? Who's the audience for enterprise architecture? When do I need to do enterprise architecture? Why should an organization do enterprise architecture? And now we're going to continue on with the last few things. And there's a bunch of what's coming up. And the first what is going to be, what is an enterprise architecture framework? My goodness, one of the most confusing internet topics that are out there. And as I love to say, partially tongue in cheek, one of the great things about the internet is anybody can write anything about anything. And one of the problems with the internet is anybody can write anything about anything. And when it comes to this concept, um, it's really, really confusing. And there's some wars that go on on some of these forums about these concepts. But let me give you an, an, an example, three examples, actually, of the word framework from our baseline understanding. This is what we consider a framework. So here's examples outside of enterprise architecture. One example of a framework, Dmitry Mendeleev's periodic table of the elements, the periodic table of the elements in chemistry. It is a frame of reference, maybe that's a better phrase, for that profession. Before Mendeleev laid that down, you could call yourself a chemist, but you are an alchemist, you are guessing. Now, one of the things that's understandable about that framework it doesn't tell you how to make any compounds. That's up to the chemist. And we'll talk about making things in just a moment. So one of the beauties of the periodic table is it's a frame of reference. Another frame of reference example, the notes in music. And the symbolic that's used in music to characterize and communicate various things. Once again, the frame of reference needs to be consistent. Can you imagine that the percussion section has a separate framework from the violinists or the stringed instruments, from the wind instruments? You couldn't have an orchestra. Common frame of reference. It doesn't tell you how to play things. doesn't tell you how to make music. Common frame of reference for communication. And the third example I want to give you is what I'm doing right now. I'm using the 26 letters of the alphabet, using the English approach to using those 26 letters to communicate with you right now. And those 26 letters did not tell me how to make a sentence, how to make a word, or anything else. It's the, it's the elements that are there for you and I to use. And that is what a framework is. Now, what is the framework that we should have for enterprise architecture with that understanding? In our opinion, our humble opinion, it starts off with the seminal work of John A. Zachman. And many years ago when he was at IBM, he formulated and he talked about these concepts. And what he essentially laid out was what, how, where, who, when, and why 
which is the interrogatives and the five transformations, not decompositions, transformations to get from the business understanding to essentially the functioning enterprise. And what we have done in our organization, EACOE.org, is taken his base understanding and not modified it, but we've brought what we believe a practitioner focus to it. John's right. John has been right. And John will be right. And the quicker the world of architecture understands that, the faster the profession is going to actually become a profession rather than what it is right now. And we'll chat about that in just a moment. It's a little bit of a mess. Not horrible, but a little bit of a mess. So what we call the frame of reference in our world is called the enterprise framework. And all this information is available to you at, uh, and on our website, eacoe.org. eacoe.org, Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence.org, if you want to take a look at this. Now, that's a framework. Coupled to that is a methodology. And what is a methodology? Practices and procedures applied to a specific branch of knowledge. Proven processes followed by planning, defining, analyzing, designing, building, testing, and implementing. It's a series of actions, steps, processes, sequence, whatever you want to call it, that's there. Now, let's think about this for a moment. Let's think about a frame of reference, so to speak, and a methodology. And we're going to talk about making a chocolate cake. Forgive me if I butcher making a chocolate cake. That's not my expertise. But the frame of reference, so to speak, in that analogy, notice here how it plays out in virtually everything that we do, are the elements. We have flour, water, eggs, sugar, and chocolate. <laughs> Those are the elements. That's the frame of reference we're, we're using. Now, those elements are what we refer to as the frame of reference. It doesn't tell us how to make a chocolate cake. So one person will do the following in this sequence. Step one, take the eggs, break them, open them up and put them in a bowl. Step two, put the water in. Step three, mix the flour in. Step four, melt the chocolate. Step five, take the melted chocolate, stir it up. Uh, and there are step six, add some sugar. Step seven, I'll put it in the oven, bake it for 30 seconds. Somebody else will say, no, that's not the right methodology, the right process. It's going to be not good. Step one, you melt the chocolate in a steaming colander, whatever the thing is, until it comes to a smooth consistency, whatever smooth consistency is. The next thing that you do is add water so there's a little bit more uh, flexibility in the chocolate itself. Then you pour in the flour until there is a, a smoothness and all the flour has disappeared into the chocolate. Then we take our sugar and we add that once again very slowly. The last thing we do is to break out the eggs and stir up the eggs with the yolks and the whites and stir all that together and very slowly pour that into the, to the, the bowl that we have. We take all of that stuff and we, we line the pan uh, with, with a certain wax paper and we uh, oil or butter 
that area. Then we put that ingredients in there and we bake it for 27 minutes, 30 seconds at 372 degrees. That's a different methodology, the same frame of reference. Notice that those are different in the physical world. Frameworks are not methodologies and methodologies are not frameworks. And this is one of the fundamental issues we have with enterprise architecture right now. Even more pronounced is the concept of enterprise architecture certification. What does it actually mean? And this is really almost gotten out of control. The current state is a mess. Why do I say it's a mess? Most training courses in enterprise architecture train you to pass an exam, a multiple guess, oops, a multiple question exam. (laughs) Are you kidding me? That's the way we certify people in enterprise architecture by passing an exam? No, coming out of the enterprise architecture certification course should be a group of people that have a classroom minimum-based experience on how to actually do enterprise architecture. It's a practitioner approach. It's an apprenticeship that we're starting. That's the key to certification, not passing a multiple guess exam, a multiple choice exam. That's nonsense. And of course, the teaching would be very different. We're teaching to an exam? No, we're teaching to a practice. And in the certification, what we're looking for is demonstrated competency to some degree. Yes, classroom-based, of course. We understand that. It's classroom-based. But we're also looking at it and, and saying there is some practice going on. When I say practice going on, we actually are having people do things, if I can use that phrase, that are architecturally aligned. It needs to have a through theoretical soundless. And we have to recognize that we need to understand the difference between methodology and framework. And with all due respect, there needs to be an expiration date. Nobody is grandfathered or grandmothered in here. Just like the professions of medicine or accounting or everything else, you have to continually demonstrate practice. When you see a certification that says certification expires never, That's exactly what it's worth. Never nothing. How's that for blunt? My apologies to those of you that are unfortunately in this category right now. But it's not lost. There's plenty of time to fix this this area here. And the final issue is who has vested interest in conducting certifications. The future state of enterprise architecture certification is an understanding of a methodology, a process. The ability to at least do a version 0.2 enterprise architecture after you finish the certification program. Once again, the certification process teaches enterprise architecture, not just passing an exam. Traceable teaching on how to move from theory to practice is one of the expectations people should have coming out of these uh, certification approaches. Real examples from real organizations during the workshop, not toy examples of three things on a PowerPoint slide. Professional certification requires periodic 
recertification of some kind. Demonstrated practice. I'm not talking spending a lot of money here. I'm talking about demonstrated practice after the classroom environment. And finally, certifying body is vendor neutral, has no axe to grind, so to speak. Finally, what's the background required for an enterprise architect? No one answer here. I wish there was. But from our experience, enterprise architecture, connection to technology skilled people, there is no real connection there with all due respect. I'm not suggesting technology people can't be architects. I did not say that. But people from different disciplines have shown to be just as good, if not better, than those steeped in technology. Because it's about understanding, not about implementing. Of course, implementation skills are very important. So soft skills and archaeology, the ability to dig, are really the keys to enterprise architecture. And finally, for those of you that have listened to our broadcast, how do we get started in developing an architecture? Well, some degree of education is required, and then what we refer to as a demonstration project. And a demonstration project is a two-week activity in your organization to take something and run it through, if I could suggest the EACWE methodology, to get some practice and go to the business people, the stakeholders, and see what they think. And I hope you will get what a lot of our clients have seen, which is, what is that? How did you do that? We need some more of that. (laughs) And that's how we get started. Incrementally is what we're suggesting. We're not trying to change the universe. The phrase that I use is, once we get one convert, you know what I tell that convert? Hey, go get me another one. So what we've talked about in this episode is the 12 questions and answers to demystify enterprise architecture. What is it? How long has it been around? How do you cost justify it? When do I need it? What's a framework? Very important. What's a methodology? Very important. What is this concept of being a certified enterprise architect? What background is required to be able to do that? And all of these concepts are around real enterprise architecture. I'm Sam Holzman. Thank you for listening. Please reach out to me at sam at eacoe.org, sam at eacoe.org. I'd be happy to discuss enterprise architecture with you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in this week to the 2020s Enterprise. Be sure to join your host, Sam Holzman, again for another edition of our program next Wednesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more topics of discussion then. 